I don't know about you, but I get the feeling that we're all a bit depressed. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I'm seeing it in my friends and, and I'm, I'm seeing it in myself. And I want to know why. And one of the questions I'm asking is, is it the modern world that's making us depressed? Hi, I'm Hannah and I'm a self-confessed vintage nut. And I went big on TikTok a couple of years ago now when I posted about a secondhand late 1940s cooker that I found on eBay for £16. And people really enjoyed it. I got a few followers from it. And since then, I've been posting about um, the vintage life to the point where I've I've got quite a sizable following. And if you're not part of that following, and that's not why you're here today, then uh, welcome. And thank you for being here. Um, But basically, I'm an advocate for clutter core. Okay, I'm very much secondhand, vintage, things with character, things with story. I mean, I live in a 1940s inspired house, for goodness sake. So, you know, that very grandma-like, nostalgic vibe. I mean, that's, that's me. Okay, I love old. And personally, I've never really liked modern, which, oh, okay, that, that is rich coming from a content creator who currently has two different smartphones filming her and is obviously um, doing this podcast via recording software with very technical microphones. But, but it's not that I reject modern technology. I love modern technology. I'm actually a gamer. Don't tell anybody. Um, but it's, it's, it's more than, than that. I love modern tech. It's, it's actually more the whole appeal of modern life and like how it looks. Um, for, for example, it, right, here's the word. I don't appreciate the aesthetic of modern, which is a word that I'm kind of getting sick of hearing, but that's the best way I can describe it. It's like um, architecture, okay? I often ask myself the question, would future generations look back on like um, the interior design of, of the 21st century and like be like, wow, that's, that's so cool. That, that's so, that must be filled with so much history and so much, uh, you know, there's so much interest around that. Or are they just kind of like, meh? I mean, personally, I'm, I'm on the more meh side because I kind of lost interest in architecture and interior design post the 1950s. I, I just wasn't really vibing with it. And I just kind of long for things that have a bit more character to them. And I felt like as the modern world keeps getting moderner, no, probably more modern, more modern, I feel like we're losing a little bit of, of soul. And I don't, al- I don't always think we are like crafting classics that are built to last. Um, and I want to talk about that thing of soul. Because in exploring these two opposing lifestyles, the vintage versus modern, I want to understand which lifestyle is better for your soul. Is there an answer to that? And also, this is a side note, I'd like to explore which lifestyle is better for the planet. Because I, I'm, I'm a conservationist at heart. Um, I'm a big wildlife lover. And I can't really throw the doors open on something if I don't consider our natural world as well. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, so modern, it's just never really been my thing. 
And I think another thing about the modern world that, that you might agree that's kind of making us feel a bit sad is that it's it's very noisy and it's very it's very complicated. So it's not just the way that the modern world looks, which I kind of see it as like a concrete jungle, but it's also the connotations behind what it is to live in the modern world. Everything's about perfection. You know, look at social media. It's it you've got everything you do has got to be perfect and everything is rated. You're, you know, if you're on social media, you're rated. I'm certainly rated. Every day I'm I'm reading my life by the amount of likes that I get. You know what I mean? It's it's very bizarre and it's not something that anybody's ever come across before. And you know, sometimes I just I just want to switch off. I mean, it's weird because I love social media. I think it can do many a splendid thing. But sometimes I just want to switch off because I think it is damaging to our mental health. Um, and I also think that capitalism is is bad for our mental health. You know, our work-life balance is so skewed. It never used to be like this. And I've, I've done my research on this. You know, I think I, I watched a TikTok, which is where I learn most of my facts. And I think it said that we used to work about 40 to 50% of the year, and we worked about six hours a day. But slowly, as capitalism has grown, we've been conditioned to work a lot more than that. And um, we're now living in a kind of rat race. And I think people are really struggling with that. And I think a lot of people just, if they could, they'd close their eyes, click their fingers and be back in like their grandma's kitchen on a Sunday morning waiting for her to cook the roast dinner, you know. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that way because the rejection of modern is so on the rise right now. Um, I mean, on my For You page, for example, it is chock-a-blocked with people turning back the clock, you know. And I know that could likely be because I am from the vintage community, and that has a lot of like, um, oh, what do you call it? it? It tapers off to a lot of different areas, so I get a lot of stuff about, not just vintage, but living like a cottage core lifestyle, living off the grid, just living like it's a simpler time. And there seems to have been a real surge of that since the pandemic days of 2020. Ah, what a time to be alive. And I think a lot of people now are looking for that comforting sense of nostalgia. Actually, you know what, actually, nostalgia is a really interesting word and it's a really interesting concept because it actually has a number of psychological functions. Um, You know, for example, it gives meaning and connectedness. It makes sense of our identity throughout time and arguably most importantly and most prevalent in this series, it offers us an escape from the troubles of the present and... I think a lot of people are looking for escapism right now. I mean, even in moments of like national crisis, like the pandemic, um, there was a real sense of camaraderie. There was a real sense of that make fun at home, you know, make your own fun, make do and mend, um, you know, and that that kind of like, that kind of harkens back to the Second World War. Um, and that that's kind of like, historical nostalgia. So historical nostalgia is um, a desire to retreat from contemporary life where the, this is controversial, 
where the past is viewed as superior to the present. I find that concept so interesting and I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Is the past superior to the present? And then you've got personal nostalgia and that recollects a childhood home which is viewed as one of warmth, security and love. Now that isn't always the truth because a lot of people didn't have a childhood of of warmth and security and protection and safety. But what people tend to do is they imagine and they fabricate that that was their childhood and that's the world that they want to escape to. They almost create it for themselves in the present day because they didn't have it. And if you did have it, you miss it. And um, and I guess that's nostalgia. And the most important, um, one of the other important concepts of nostalgia is that it is meant to offset the negative effects of loneliness. And I just find that whole psychological concept really interesting. And I think it's got a lot to answer for with people in this day and age not living a modern lifestyle at all, but living like it's the past. I mean, for me, yeah, I find comfort being surrounded by older stuff. I like having oddities lining my shelves and and old dusty books. And to be fair, a lot of that for me does stem from being raised in an environment where secondhand shopping or charity shop shopping or thrifting, um, depending on where you're listening from, was very much a necessity. It wasn't trendy. It was a necessity um, because we didn't have enough money. We didn't have money. And in this series, I'm going to be talking to my mum about growing up secondhand. And loads of our hand-me-downs tended to be more on the antique side. And then my mum developed a real love for that kind of decor. So, I mean, I was pretty much doomed from the start. Um, And the thing is, nowadays, secondhand shopping, it's not even something to be embarrassed about anymore. Like, I, I got bullied at school for my shoes. And I remember that so well. Like, I remember... I remember what the shoes looked like and everything. And and yeah, they were a little bit on the tattier side because they were from a charity shop. And this girl picked on me and pointed at my shoes in front of everybody and said I had poor people's shoes. Um, and then I think my mum grabbed her by the scruff of the collar and said if she ever looked at me ever again, um, she'd make sure she stopped breathing. <laughs> we were called into school about that, actually. My mum had to go and see the head teacher. Ah, them were the days. Um, But yeah, aside from secondhand shopping being, you know, trendy, so is vintage. You know, vintage is, it's hip. It's really hip these days. Um, And it's not just, oh, it's not just like, you know, the little house on the prairie vibes that you see on Instagram. It's, 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 It's more than that. It goes beyond that because nowadays you can go beyond social media and you can live a vintage lifestyle in public you know you've got world war 2 um world war 2 weekends you've got um oh going to a victorian ball that's massively on the rise and i think that's because of netflix shows like bridgerton um and you've also got current events that make people kind of you know hang out the bunting like you know the coronation of our king and you know overall i think living like that is pretty harmless but, and, it, and it's a big but, it can be quite controversial to live like it's the past. Um, you know, you've got, you've got movements like the trad wife movement, which is, that, that was a rabbit hole. That was a real rabbit hole um, that I have delved into. 
um, hoping to get somebody who celebrates being a, a trad wife or traditional wife on this podcast series. Um, so fingers crossed for that. Um, and also the fact that past eras are steeped in racism and homophobia. It doesn't matter what we would like to think, they are. Um, and what we have to ask ourselves is actually, and what I have to ask myself is, was the past all that great? You know, I I love coving and a cast iron fireplace as much as the next person. Uh, but I don't love colonialism and I don't love male supremacy. And actually, what if grandma would have actually just killed for a microwave? <laughs> you know, that really makes me laugh. What if she just really wanted a Dyson, <laughs> you know? Um, so no matter what, no matter how much enjoyment I get out of it and how much joy enjoyment I see my fellow content creators and my community get out of it, living in the past brings tension. People think oftentimes that you believe in the values of the past, which that's a, I mean, I get that all the time. I had, um, I made a video about the comments that I often get, um, and how, and how funny they are really. Um, for example, um, in this video, uh, one of the comments I used was, oh, so do you enjoy getting bombed? Um, do you have rickets? Uh, do you pee outside? Do you always spend time in the kitchen? Because I think they they think that because I like 1940s fashion music and decor, that I must want to live like it's the 1940s all the time, like I'm rationing and stuff. And I'm, and I'm not. And I've never once said in my content that I am. But I get a lot of angry people who like think that I'm kind of being ignorant. And, you know, I, and I get the frustration because, you know, you've got reenactors, you've got historians, you know, they must see a lot of inaccuracies in our, in our dress and diet. Um, and and that, must, that must frustrate them. And, I, and I, do, I do understand that. And also, the entire notion that the past has more value than the present is like, oh boy, you know, you've, you've got to be so careful there because we've come a long way in a, in a positive way. You know, we've made, um, we've made real strides um, for um, being inclusive, you know, and, and, and real strides for equity that we shouldn't abandon. So just, you know, saying a fleeting statement like, oh, the past was better. Oh, I wish I could live like it was the past is... Um, Maybe that is a bit ignorant, to be honest. But I think the reason that, that that has come about so prevalently today is because there is a huge cultural appetite for escapism. And I'll say it again, 2020, such a formative, well, couple of years for all of us. Because being in lockdown, I mean, I, I worked full time, annoyingly. I didn't get furloughed or anything, but I was still at home a lot more than I ever had been. And I think lockdown heightened people's focus on um, like their, their domestic routine, domestic aesthetics. And, you know, they home became really important and making your home what you want it to be became really important. And everybody had the time to do it as well. Um, and, and your garden space, any outside space that you had, you could you could make that world into exactly what you wanted it to be when the outside world was so terribly frightening. And I think that's where this notion of living, and it's not always living like it's the past, but it kind of is. It's living a simpler existence. 
like I said about the modern world, it's living a less noisy, less complicated, less, you know, screen time kind of world. And I don't think that is necessarily a bad thing, but it's the values that come with living a little bit more like eras gone by. And another thing about the past is, I think, I mean, you know, this could be a bit ignorant on my part, but I think in the past, the future seemed to be about progression and optimism rather than um, political collapse. And I think like, you know, even, here's an example, even home ownership, okay? So it's just one example, but that was arguably an ordinary expectation, not a like somewhat impossibility. Whereas these days, you are very lucky if you are if you are owning your own home. And believe me, I was in the rent game for a long time. And my mum has been in the rent game for her entire life until, you know, I said no more. So just as one example, I think the past was was there was maybe more prospect nowadays. If you, um, sorry, there was maybe more prospect back then. Whereas nowadays, I think everybody's feeling like a very small fish in a very big pond. Maybe that's just me. Maybe, maybe I just need to go to therapy, but instead I'm just doing a podcast. Um, You're welcome. But that's just how I feel. You know, I feel like, um, I don't know, a little bit lost a lot of the time. And I think everybody's really trying to like forge their own identity. And there's just maybe a feeling with some people that if they lived in a different era, that would be slightly easier to do. But again, rose-tinted spectacles, you know, we that's a very surface level way to look at history. Because it's not just, you know, it's not just people living like it's the 1940s. People have loads of different eras that they choose and they love, like the Victorian era, the Edwardian era, the Georgian era, the 40s, the 50s. There's, you know, people manifest this in in many different ways. And this series is here to explore as many of them as physically possible. But even though, um, you know, we don't want to just like look at the past, you know, you know, with like a big, a big brush and kind of like, you know, like a sweeping statement of, oh, the past was great. There is some things about the past that we can bring, you know, bring with us, you know, there's a lot of inspiration and learning to be had from the past. I mean, one example that I always loved is um, in the 50s, you had teddy boys. And did you know that they based their style on Edwardian street gangs? I really, I really like that little, little fact, little history fact there for you. So what I'm saying is you, you take some things with you, you leave other things behind. But whether it's uh, nostalgia, escapism, aesthetic, or um, education, I want to mention again, I'm also looking at the effects it has on the planet, because I'm, I'm really, I'm very passionate about this. Um, if you're a real avid follower of, of moi, then you'll know I have more than one social media channel, because I have my vintage um, TikTok, um, but I also have my pigeon TikTok, because I um, I had an amazing encounter with a pigeon um, just over a year ago, maybe more than that now, uh, and it absolutely changed my life. And um, pigeons are really quite amazing, and they're actually a window into the natural world, because they are 
the only sort of species that lives really close by to humans without actually being in our houses with us. Um, and they're basically on every continent in the world except Antarctica. And they were also uh, bred and conditioned to live with humans and be with humans. So if you look at your local pigeon, you can gauge how well we're doing at looking after our environment, which, spoilers, we're not doing that well. And now I'm, I'm partnering with um, environmentalist campaigns through my pigeon. I'll call it Pigeon Talk. Um, because that's opened a whole different community. I mean, I've always been an animal lover. Don't get me wrong. Always, always loved animals. Um, but I'm now rescuing and rehabbing pigeons and um, it's just opened new doors for me. So I'm big on the environment right now. And yes, the irony is not lost on me that I'm a 1940s girl that takes care of pigeons. And if you don't know why that's ironic, go and do your research on pigeons' contribution to World War II. Believe me, they deserve way more love than they get. And regarding vintage... I think a lot of people think that the vintage lifestyle is sort of like eco-friendly by default. And if you like upcycle and you have nothing like new in your home, um, you have a naturally low carbon footprint. And there are definitely elements of truth to this. And I thought this, I was like, I'm absolutely fine. I'm like the most environmentalist person that there is. However, research um, has shown that there is some problematic elements to uh, living Vintage, um, upcycling, thrifting, or living in a period home, which I do. My home is from the 1920s, and um, today I can feel it because it's bloody freezing. So, I mean, yeah, anyway, it, I, like, like with, the, with the thrifting, let's take that example. So, it's great to donate, but what happens when there's too many secondhand clothes in circulation? And that's not something I'm going to answer in today's episode because I'm hoping to answer that as the series goes on. So maybe you could say, is make to amend the answer? But what about, I mean, and I agree, I, I make to amend a lot, but I can't sew. All right, I'm going to come clean with you now. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm breaking down a lot of illusions here. I can't sew. But I'm learning to sew. And I'm learning how to knit as well, courtesy of my nan. So I would argue that make to amend is, is a great way to go. But how do you support your small businesses? You know, I've got loads of small, a lot of them women-driven, that's so hard to say, women-driven, women-driven businesses that I want to support. But if, I, if I'm constantly throwing open the doors of my 1940s wardrobe um, and trying to just make, do and mend with stuff that I've already got in my wardrobe, how am I going to support businesses that I'm passionate about? And also, won't you end up just filling up your home with kind of like upcycled trinkets and your won't your home start to resemble a bit of a a bit of a lanyard a lanyard <laughs> a bit of a landfill like won't your home just start to resemble a landfill and speaking of landfills yes if you buy second hand if you make to amend there'll be less on the landfill but how far do you take it? Because as a vintage lover, I go whole hog and I have a log burner. Now, how eco-friendly is that? You know? And although it may not be pleasing to a vintage lover's eye, but are modern homes more energy efficient? Pains me to say it, but but are they? Because you know, that we, we, again, leaps and bounds, you know, it's all about progression. Are we starting to build homes that are better for the environment or are they 
you know, just not built to last and built a bit cheaply. I guess it depends. I guess, I guess it all depends. There's lots of variants there. I mean, one thing I will say is I don't think we'll ever replace a classic car show for an electric car show. And that is kind of like my point because modern just doesn't have that je ne sais quoi as, as vintage does, as antique does. It's not celebrated as much. Or maybe it is, and I'm just not in the right community. And maybe during this series, I'll be converted a little bit to start enjoying modern decor and features of a modern life. I don't know, but I'm I'm very interested to see if that's going to be the case. And in this series, I'll be speaking to some amazing people to explore those really big questions like, is the modern world harming our mental health? And should the past be left where it is? Because I don't want this series just to be about a love of vintage. You know, I don't want it just to be about throwing on a 50s dress, baking some bread and then posting it online because it's so much more than that. I mean, it's about our lives here. It's about our inner joy and it's about our environment. And in my next episode, I'll be speaking to a very special guest who not only bought back his childhood home, but recreated it. So I'll see you then and thank you so much for listening.